Uh, in honor of this week is Canada Week on the podcast. In honor of Canada Week, I just want to say, an off chance Barbara Bud ever hears this, Barbara Bud, I miss your voice so much. When it was taken from me, when as it happens was taken off of the air from our affiliate a long time ago here. And oh, how I miss your voice. And I love saying Barbara Bud. Uh, so thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Canada. And thank you, Barbara. Well, Barbara Bud, I miss you. Let's get on to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pack your playlists, set your sleep timers, and dim the lights because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Hey, everybody, this is Scooter. I was, I've been trying to figure out, you know, if we start adding uh, sponsors because right now we're kind of going through the testing stage of it. And I was like, how are we going to be able to do the sponsors where we can have the control to kind of do something that's true to the show but fun and memorable? And I've been thinking a lot about it. I had a bunch of ideas. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, it was just a week, like a week and a half ago, uh, this mystery bard reached out to me. And that's a mystery B-A-R-D. And it looks like as we start to figure out the sponsor thing, the mystery bard and I kind of talked. And the mystery bard was like, what about like a kind of lullaby? Like you, you do the quick spon- talk about the sponsor and then I sing a lullaby. And it'll be creative and different every show. And I said, holy, I didn't even think, a great idea, Mystery Bard. And Mystery Bard's a real person. It's not a fake person, like a lot of stuff on the show can be. Uh, so we started working on that, and they said, well, she's Mystery Bard. You should probably introduce yourself to the show, and then maybe people will figure out who the Mystery Bard is, or maybe we'll do it over a couple episodes. If, if you do figure it out, let me know, but we'll, we'll let people kind of discover it as we go. And so I said, so the next thing you know, the Mystery Bard hit me up with this song. So here's the mystery bard. The sky is full of stars, and I strum my guitar. I sing for the moon, she's waving hello. I sing for the river, meandering slow. I sing for the rabbits, I sing for you. I sing because that's what I was meant to do. Cause I am the mystery bard. And the sky is full of stars. Is full of stars. And that's the mystery bard, and we'll be hearing more from him soon. Let's get on to the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast. It's here uh, to put you to sleep. We do with the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to take your mind off of whatever's been keeping you up. I'm going to try to distract you from that by creating a safe place where you can set aside whatever it is. Whether it's your your thinking, your body, your emotions, uh, whatever it is. I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. And I'm going to try to distract you from whatever that is. And we use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, personal stories from a life. The one, you know, person that you say, well, I, I really don't envy him. And I not quite pity him. But, you know, somebody said, not envy, not pity. You say, yeah, I'm in the mediocre range of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I stir mediocrity. I don't stir, even actually, I stir, one time I was working somewhere. And they said, you really stir mediocrity. And I said, mediocrity. And then they said, your pronunciation is not mediocre, it's terrible. And I said, I'll get back to the stirring then, sir. Keep keep what I'm good at, right? And then they said, at least you're a volunteer. And then they went, and I was. So, you know, I found my place in the world. But actually, I'm not mediocre at uh, lulling, soothing tones, or pointless. It's just my stories. You know, if your your reaction to them will be like, "Huh, hey, well, so," and they do this a lot. But you see, you wake up tomorrow if you have a partner, 
boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is, you say, honey, was Scooter, was, do you remember when Scooter was talking about his childhood last night? Uh, uh, okay, keep going. Not yet. It doesn't ring a bell. Well, I thought he was talking about when, when he was a kid. Mm, I don't know, dear, dear, dear I love you. Uh, and there's a pro, pro-am tip from Scooter. If you're ever in that situation, just say that, you know, if any partners are listening and are awake. And even if, you, if you're the partner that you say, well, I don't know about this scooter or whatever, I'm here to help you too. So you just say, hey, honey, scooter's not so bad. Even And you can go ahead, you can throw shade on me when you get to work or dislike me. That's my job, believe it or not. Uh, we're all in this bedtime thing together. And, you know, if you're the, the partner that's, uh, that, that tolerates scoots because, you know, I'm a mediocre or mediocre stirrer, and whatever whatever word you would sub in for pronouncer, I get it. I get I can get on anybody's nerves. Uh, but bro, am tip just be like, oh, that's scooter. You know, even if you're really, you could just grind the back of your teeth. Believe me, I've been doing that for so long. I forget what I what I even was doing it about. But so okay. So just in case you're here, let's set it up. What's this podcast? It's a podcast to distract you from whatever it is that's keeping you awake to put you to sleep. Uh, why do I do it? I kind of enjoy it. I've had insomnia. I can remember, uh, how terribly painful and lonely it was to be there with almost no hope of falling asleep. So I do this podcast in one, the hope I could distract you and, and help you fall asleep. Uh, two, in case you don't, I'll be here for the next 45 minutes giving it my all so that I can kind of keep you company here in the deep dark night and at least take your mind off stuff, be a little bit silly. Uh, you know, instead of thinking about not being able to sleep or how do you sleep or any stuff, again, I'll keep distracting you. I mean, just picture me trying to stir a bowl of stuff and wrap your mind around the stuff that, or, <laughs> and try to wrap your mind, wrap your mind around the fact that I'm mediocre at that. And that's the, the truth, you know. And they usually even, I think in that same story, they said, that's not even, why are you using that to stir and he said, it'll get the job done, won't it? And he said, yeah, but you're here all day. We were hoping to have you do it. I say, okay, but, you know, let me, can I get back to stirring? Because if, if you're talking to me, I can't stir at the same time. And they said, actually, you can. And then they said, well, maybe you can. Okay, get back to stirring. So, you know, that is probably maybe, and, and, you know, say that's that's what I do. Reason three, I kind of, I'm happy to be good at this. And you might say this is, is this paradoxical? I happen to be excellent at being mediocre. Uh, and I and I strive, and I'm not joking. I don't know if it's a laser-like focus. More like a laser light show focus. Yeah, Scooter, he doesn't have a laser fo- He's got a laser light show focus. Uh, and they say, well, that's not a reference I'm familiar with. And they say, well, it doesn't, you know, you'll figure it out. Um... Uh, but so I, I, you know, I really put my, put my charge for excellency into this mediocre attempt to take your, to take your mind off of stuff, but not totally engage it. And then all this happens to be in my mind a lot because I happen to be in this position where I'm having to pitch the podcast to people that might not necessarily listen to it. And I can't think of anything that is more, uh, non-conducive to sleep than pitching, or elevator pitches in particular, especially for people prone to overthinking. And then when you do something that in in a non that's obscenely strange, I think you could classify this podcast depending on how you define obscene. You'd say, "Yeah, I guess your podcast is obscenely strange," depending on how you would define obscene. You know, as long as we can put that in parentheses or in a footnote or just a star. Obscenely strange, depending on how you define obscenely strange, uh, or inability to get to a point without adding on something strange afterwards. They kind of rolls, you know, rolls into a nonsense. You know, and it wasn't a non sequitur or a nonsense. It was to reinforce the point that, you know, the, the obscenely strange people could take it. And it's just me. You know what I mean? Well, kind of. Also prone to have conversations with himself in the middle of a conversation. 
not good at pitches or pitching. And even if you're an excellent pitcher or a salesperson or base, you know, you actually are a pitcher, welcome. Welcome. Spring for training's probably coming up so I can see why you, you need this show. Uh, at bedtime, it doesn't seem like those pitches work. We say, here's my pitch, brain, and body, and emotion. I, I'm going to go to sleep. And they say, okay, give it to me. Give me an elevator pitch. You make it shorter. And you say, shorter than that, I'm going to sleep. Well, no, no, we got to, can you work in uh, everything? You know, we got a lot of stuff that doesn't address all the problems. And we see some holes in your argument. And you say, what are, I'm exhausted. I want to go to sleep. Oh, no, 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 you, get, you, you need to rehearse this. this what about all the other pitches you haven't pitched? Uh, and when you, you know, when you try to pitch this podcast to people down, well, let's say you're new here. You probably, if you've been here for the last eight minutes, you probably got an idea. Okay. It's a little bit different. I'll feel, you could feel it out. I, I usually suggest listening two or three times before you give it up. You say, it's like, a you now depending on where I'm pitching, you say, well, what, what's the, it's a bedtime for story for grown-ups. Okay, like on Cinemax or on the internet? Okay, neither. It's like a bedtime story for kids for grown-ups. Okay, with cosplay or no, is, is there going to be whispering in... Are you going to be scraping crayons with your finger? No, 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 not like that either. Okay, it's kind of like a guided meditate. Okay, is there going to be those gong bowls? And do, do you use chakras or energy centers? No, not like that either. Okay, it's a bedtime podcast to put grown-ups to, to sleep. Uh, using lulling, soothing tones. Boy, okay, and then they say, this is my floor. And then the next person gets on. I say, hey, I make a podcast to put you to sleep. I do this. Uh, and then they get off. I say, okay, so that didn't work. And I say, well, it's a podcast to put you to sleep. And I guess wrong, you can't do this in a pitch meeting. You say, do you have trouble sleeping? Uh, I guess you could go, I would go, do you have trouble falling asleep? And if they say no, I'll be like, okay, well, do you like silly stuff at bedtime? Maybe to unwind? No, I dislike silly things. Okay, no problem. Next. Uh, do you have trouble falling asleep? Yes, I do. Okay, do you, you know, do you ever, do you wish you had something kind of like a bedtime story you used to get as a kid, but with kind of a goofy friend that you can kind of say, well, that, yeah, this, and, and they're kind of friend, they come over and they would just tell you a story till you fall asleep. And they kind of sit there and they don't bug you or get on your nerves. And, and it's a little bit fun. And it's these friendly and soft, and it just carries you off in a dreamland. Would you like that? And, and they say, well, how weird. And I would say uh, just kind of mediocre, mediocre side of weird. And they say, okay, I don't understand what that means, but I'm willing to test it. And they say, perfect, you're sold. And I say, oh, wait, by the way, podcast is free too, so I don't really got to see so you just didn't listen to it. So that's my pitch, I guess, which I guess I'm still, I said, how do you distill that? And I went down one of those, I said, you know, what was one of these shops? It was a, they said, one, do you sell Ionute? And they said, yes. And they said, but it's very expensive. And I said, two, can, you, can I use your cauldron to distill a podcast pitch? And they said, well, tell us it first. And they said, well, do you have trouble sleeping? They said, yeah, well, of course we do. We're, we're, we cackle all day long. What do you think we're cackling about? It's not the good things we're doing. And I say, are you sure? Because you, you two, you two. He said, isn't there supposed to be three of you stirring this? And I said, actually, could you? Could I show you? I said, I've been having a lot of critics and internal criticism about my pot stirring. They say, I really don't do a good, I'm a mediocre pot stirrer. And then they, that's how I put those three to sleep. Or actually, there's only two of them. I'm not sure. I think the third one was out buying, uh, I think, Dragon's Bane. And I said, how much does that get? I said, maybe I could get a career in uh, foraging for, for call, you know, stuff that would go in a cauldron. Or maybe doing foraging tours for that. You know, because no one knows what Dragon's Bane or Eye of Newt looks like. Or I don't know. I'd have to think of the other ones. Those seem like the two most popular. 
Uh, yeah, if you do that, that'll be my, my side job if I can't pitch this podcast. Uh, but that's the pitch. Uh, here I am. I'm going to tell you a little lulling, soothing tale, pointless meanders. My voice is on the creaky side of dulcet, but uh, I'm going to talk soft. I'm going to talk slow. I'm going to talk nonsense. And it's just to help you out and put you to sleep. So I'm glad you're here. I really hope this podcast can help you fall asleep. And thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there on the website. You can comment on the website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. On Twitter, at Dear Scooter, or on Facebook, great, great places to interact. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who edits some of the shows and does our music. Uh, but that's not a hint about the mystery bard. Uh, I want to thank uh, Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork, on our honor. I want to thank Alexandra Lore, Lie to Lie, Julie C., Rachel L. to the G., Jennifer B., and Laura over at uh, over at our Facebook group, com slash nods. I want to thank all our patrons, especially our patron of the month, Anya, for letting me uh, say, Austin, you need Anya. If Austin wants to stay weird, they need Anya listening, you know, to the latest, latest on the weird front, which is this show. I also just want to take a second to point out, I don't want to embarrass anybody in a positive way. Uh, so I'll just use their initials, but I got an email from someone who's listening to the show and, you know, was a supporter of the show named LB. And LB, you know, sent me email because she said, well, geez, you know, I heard you talk about Flint and I kind of heard something in your voice about you know, kind of how how much it bothered you. And and she said, you know, I'm not a, a, a billionaire or or whatever. But she said, she said, I want to I wanna do something to help. And so LB, uh, also I want to say that she, LB acted on that instinct. And it's just, just really powerful to me. Uh, so I want to say thanks to LB for that. Uh, and, to, and to helping the citizens of Flint, Michigan. And there are no small steps, you know, there's, you know, when you're doing this kind of stuff or, or, or don't, don't discount it. I don't know. I don't have a book. I say a lot of trade stuff, but I'm not good at it. So, but thank you, LB. And then I want to thank Andrew who wrote our little article and cited the podcast about, uh, sleep and performance, which was real nice. That's on LinkedIn. I also want to thank uh, Currently Kelly over at CurrentlyKelly.com, and that's Kelly with an I for writing nice stuff about the podcast. Thank you so much. And also Evelyn C. over at SpunOut, S-P-U-N-O-U-T dot I-E. I mean, you talk about getting listed with some heavy hitters. I can believe it. So thank you. That was very nice, too. And then I guess I want to encourage everybody to check out James Chapburn's music, and the link to that will be in the show notes. And that's on behalf of Anya, our patron of the month. All right, let's get on to the show. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, another episode of Get Bessos. The tale of, well, a, it was the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James, well, there's a long tale. Uh, but recently, uh, Richard Warren Sears and James Cash, Benny, and Jif Bessos were managing uh, Hell 2.0, which was a new afterlife area. And that didn't go so great. And then Earth ended up being affected by some of the choices they made. And then it turned out that they got the papers to dismantle this L2.0 and then everyone was going to lose their job and be relocated to places not not so great. Which I said, well, and, and there could be places worse, I guess. Uh, James K. Spenny and Richard Warren says, well, no, 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 we, we're not going to let you, because some of the cool giants and stuff, they're going to get shipped off to zoos. And so they said, hey, well, let's not do that. Let's figure out a, like, a way to save hell. And so they talked to Jif, who had been managing it while they were at Earth, kind of fixing some of the mistakes from when they had just been running hell. And Jif said, well, you know, there's one civilization left on Earth, a really nice one, kind of based on the original model of Epcot. And But there's no sinners coming in from there. So James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears ostensibly are going there to find sinners. Uh, but it also seemed like Jif had a plan in kind of designing this city somehow. It's a little bit unclear 
And he also has a, a child that he, or an adult child that he somehow procreated in this, this futuristic Earth city, the last city on Earth, or the last uh, bastion of civilization. Uh, again, this is as best as I can um, weave it together for you. But where where are we now? Uh, where's the story at this exact moment? If you just close your eyes just a little bit and drift a little bit further away from my voice, you could may just be able to hear the cloppity, cloppity, clop of, of horse hooves uh, uh, trotting along. And, and if you listen for a while, you say, okay, they're... they're, they're uh, it sounds like they're going faster than a trot, but they're not racing. So, yeah, it's like a, a cloppity, 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 like the good kind. You'd say, is that, it doesn't sound like cobblestone. And you might wonder, what's my favorite uh, material to hear horse hooves on, you know? And I said, well, a nice hollow, uh, grassy, or cobblestones. I'll tell you, if you've ever danced professionally with a horse, uh, you know, you'd say a dance floor is not bad. But these are horse men. Uh, so they're the horse, you know, the, the men with the horse bodies. They're the horse, to, they have human torsos and upper, human upper body, horse lower body, legs and abdomen. And James Cash, Benny Richard Morris, here's are riding on the back and they're in a pack so that they can take turns supporting the guys. And if we were to watch a, a, a long unfolding of their journey, it would be an interlude of different types of clopping and, and, and horse sounds, you know, because occasionally they would stroll and trot. And they say, that's a good bit, trot, which was, and then they'd pick up their trot to a bit of a run. Uh, every once in a while, if we as we watch them from far, far away, we see they do some sprinting. It looks more for fun. And you might wonder, do these type of horsemen wear shoe uh, horseshoes? And I would say, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even Is there a blacksmith in hell? Uh, presumably, I don't think we've ever met a blacksmith in hell, but that would be a, ideally a position. You'd say that would be, I, I would think... Uh, that would be the you know that would be a paradox of a blacksmith because uh, the, the paradoxical blacksmith of hell would be like this is the greatest job ever like the best place to be a blacksmith uh, just because it's presumably of ready available heat you have molten you say man I I can never get this kind of molten you know see what kind of what do you want me to make it out of because everything I can molten down here. Uh, you know, they seem like hell would have a high demand, especially if these horsemen wear horseshoes. And you probably, you, you would be, most of the people, a lot of the people that seem like they work down there are very muscular. So you'd have, you could be muscular or have someone to be doing your hammering. I mean, I guess if you didn't like the heat when you're not blacksmithing, you'd say, you know, and being in hell, you'd say, well, do I, do I get any time off? Uh, so those are unanswered questions, but you see these horsemen, and these horsemen are very joyous, you know, creatures of lore uh, or folk, what is that, mythology or folk, folklore, uh, long, curly locks, gregarious, but they seem focused on keeping moving. But then, you know, they have to take a break. They're not racehorses. And they, you can see them here. They're in this field. We just see them. They're milling about, I would say, and chattering and snacking and making observations, choke, joking. They would say that it looks jocular. Uh, but with those guys, you'd say, geez, that's not the right word. You know, that's not. And next question you might have is, do they sleep standing up? And believe it or not, I don't. I don't know. I think I've seen pictures though where they're not standing, and I guess that shows the limits of my. I think horses can lie down, but I'm not positive about that. I said, why the hell doesn't a horse? You mean a horse can't lie down? I, I mean, I, and I said, well, that's not fair. Uh, so I assume these horsemen can lie down at some point, but maybe they just sleep standing up. Uh, another thing to watch, good watching of horsemen or horses. Well, horsemen is a little bit more amusing. Is they, um, 
and I think this is something they've adapted over time. They have their tail, which flickers just like a horse's tail, uh, but they seem to have a little bit more conscious control over it to snap at different, you know, flying things uh, that might bother them. But they also, a lot of them have ponytails, and they've somehow, well, I guess I don't know what, again, another unanswered question of hell. Maybe I should work on the book. Fifty questions you you were afraid to ask about hell, but you were afraid you'd look too stupid when you asked them, so you never asked them. Uh, again, that's just a pitch title. I'll work on the title. Fifty questions about hell you were stupid enough to ask. By Scooter, for Scooter. There you go. But David did, so I don't know if evolution, that would be a question, is hell, does evolution still occur in hell? Now, some people might be like, well, you believe in that evolution. No, I said, well, okay. Uh, I'll tell you, I believe that hell evolved from hell 1.0-2.0 under my watch. So I believe I know a little bit about the misuse of evolution. Uh, but these these would be proof of some sort of evolution because they're the cells on their, where their ponytail cells, which are already, they said at some point they made the leap in their ponytail cells, uh, whatever you call it, you know. Uh, became specialized hair follicles so, that, follicles so they could flick their ponytail just like their uh, rump tail. So they they really, the, the flies, seems more like a, it doesn't seem sporting because they can keep the flies off their shoulders and their butt and their sides. And because they, and, and I don't know if there's, they seem very yoga-like because these guys are muscular, they're lean. And they can even lean back and get to one part. Of, I think at one point, uh, the flies may have thought they could just get that center part of their back that their tail or their ponytail can't reach, but they've lengthened their ponytails and they can arch their back backwards. And they could have got 100% fly coverage, these guys. But I'll tell you, if you ever need to relax, uh, you know, sit around and imagine a bunch of horse guys with the proper name, you know, whatever, there's a bunch of different names you could use. None of them ever come to me when I'm doing these stories. But, uh, you know, just picture them swatting flies. Or they don't even swat them. It's just more like, hey, uh, don't land here. And the fly says, all right, I'll land one inch away. And they say, nope, uh, sweep away you with this. Uh, so it's, it's dull, but it's kind of, you know, look at that tail. And even watching their tails flick and twitch... It has like a chaos to it, but it's reassuring. I don't know. And I guess it would be reassuring to say, well, she said, uh, you're telling me hair follicle cells can still evolve in hell, Scooter. Can I get? Can I quote you on that? And I say, are you the reporter from Buffoon Weekly? Because, yes, you, you oh, no, Time Time Magazine? No, no, you better not quote. I says, you, do, you, do you like your job? You better get and not quote me then. Uh, but yeah, they they can and they have. So uh, back to the journey, the guys are back and the horsemen and they're moving and they're going at a, a, a steady uh, pace and, they, and they've gone. And I can tell you basically what was left of Texas and the southern U.S. down through Mexico uh, and heading towards Central America. But all that area is kind of a bit, bit desert-like now, some lava and not a lot going on, but as they hit Central America and they've crossed these vast deserts, and there's a little bit of shifting and some tectonic plate action, but basically not that different than you might remember. Uh, but but after they get down to Central America, they kind of lose. They say there's some more. I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hazy because there's actually a haze I can't see. And this is unfolding in, you know, faster than real time as I'm narrating it clearly because it would take forever. Uh, but at some point, there starts to be some thicker green forest. Uh, first sparse and grasslands and then starting to develop more. And then the horsemen slow down at the edge of these this forest. And again, I say it can't be clear if it's a forest or a jungle. And it's not super thick, uh, and it, but I can't tell. Again, I'm not the best with trees. I said, well, is this a virgin forest or a new growth? I would guess a bit of both, but mostly new growth. 
and the horsemen part ways with James Cashpenny and Richard Morris as they say their goodbyes. And then James and Richard, they, they have a couple bags full of water, and they talk with the horsemen, and they kind of point, and they point and point to the coast, which seems to be on the right side, I think, uh, but I'm not positive. And, uh, and they just start walking through the woods. And then they walk, and, and it's, it's just, it's even, it's, it's, man, man, I could go for them being on a horseback, horseman back again. And they kind of, they're, they're pretty silent. And if you could, if you could ask, I said, well, if you've been holding onto the torso of a man riding on a horse, you see, if you thought riding on a horse for a long distance was uncomfortable, you know, try holding onto a grouchy, you know, creatures that say, say, no, no, don't hold, you know, it it wasn't a great trip, I guess. And and it's exhausting. From what I hear in reading novels or stuff, I think riding on horseback is tiring. So they're just kind of in a daze and they're following this uh, uh, general line with keeping this coast or this body of water on the right side and traveling deeper. And the forest never gets too thick like they would be lost in it. Uh, but they travel, but you kind of notice it's like, uh, it's not over teeming with life either. You know, we've seen some flies, some bugs, a couple birds, but, but it's not teeming with life. And as they go deeper, you can, we, we can kind of just make out them going back and forth, but not talking about anything in particular, heads down, trudging. I think they're doing some trudging. But if we kind of cut to the chases, they go up and down in a few days. They make camp, and finally they turn, and they have to go over a, a mountainous region. But they, they happen to pick a direction that has a pass, and it, happens, it seems like it's spring or something, or at least the weather there is spring-like, so they go up over the pass, and they're prepared. And then as they come over the pass... All they can see is a rim of a mountain, like even with their following it down, the mountain's kind of rim, so all they kind of see is a valley uh, emptying again, I think, to a uh, a western-facing coast. But now I'm totally, I said, well, just, it could be eastern-facing the other direction. And I say, you could be right. Uh, but they work their way down, and, and as these other... Uh, smaller, I guess mountains or hills block their view. They go deeper and deeper. They descend into the valley. And then they turn yet again, so hugging the line of these, uh, almost like the uh, uh, there was little fingers attached to the main range going off at right angles, and they follow those right angles uh, until they descend and they go through a few giant a few giant sets of like just boulders that it seemed like they had rolled off these mountains, but then the second or third set, they says it almost seemed like walls or you know obstructions. And then as they go through the third or fourth set, they see what looks like a road, and a more of a dirt road, a paved road, and they turn left or south or north or. I don't think it's right, though. And they start to follow this road. And now, long after that, they see the road ends at a wall. And they head towards the wall. And it, it towers up, and they happen to be going uphill, so the wall even seems to taller. I don't know if any of Disney's forced perspectives there, but that's all they could see is this wall. And maybe the wall's 40 feet high. It ends in the side of, of uh, um, you know, hi- uh, cliff hills on one side and goes off and bends uh, in a circular direction away from the guys into the woods and further along where they can't see where it ends. And they head towards the wall. Uh, buddy, buddy, what's our game plan here? Uh, Richie, I don't know because uh, I don't see any. It's just one solid wall. 
It's like seems like it's made out of some sort of thick, giant. It can't be one piece. It looks like rusted steel. Let's let's get a little cool. Oh boy, did you hear that buzzing? Is uh, I wouldn't get any closer, buddy. Uh, let me handle this. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, I don't want to yell just because. Uh, well, yeah, buddy. Um, you don't see anything that would look like. I guess we could start following the wall. It goes into the mountain on that side. But if we start following it this way, as it bends away... Oh, wait, I am I'm, I'm picking up some more buzzing. Uh, greetings, travelers. Uh, greetings from Bessos. Uh, how could we help you? Uh, uh, where's that coming from, James? I, I don't know, Richie. I, I just, it seems like it's coming from everywhere. It's kind of freaky. Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, hello, gentlemen, how, how can we help you? Uh, well, 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 uh, hey, excuse us, uh, did we, we, where should we be looking? Uh, gentlemen, you can look anywhere. Okay, well, we'll just look at the wall. Uh, we're, we're travelers, and how can we help you today? Well, we, we would like to come in and see, see you guys. Oh, well, that would be no. What can we do for you specifically, gentlemen? Uh, James, some kind of code. We gotta do some. Hey, let me handle this. Oh man. Um, hello, wall, wall, wall voice. What we represent? We're just so parched. We're travelers, and we're we're just totally parched. So we could really use, you know, some kindness uh, to come in and drink some water. Oh, well, gentlemen, gentlemen, you've reached. You're almost to some water, and if that's all you need, we could. We, there's water if you go follow this wall until you get to three giant boulders leading away from it. Each boulder is consecutively smaller than the one before it. And if you head in the direction of those boulders, you'll find a path. And if you take that path for about one hour, you'll find some water. Uh, we'd rather have some water with you, or we, 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 oh, that's fine, gentlemen, please go get some water. Uh, you sound so parched. Uh, good day. Oh, boy, hello, hello, uh, hello, uh, oh, Richie, okay, Richie, let's just follow the path and see if we can learn anything. Hey, it's the narrator here. So the guys, they follow the path. So three, consec- two, three boulders leading away from the wall. Each one consecutively smaller than the first, I believe. And the guys follow the path, and it leads up to a spring uh, just about an hour's walk away. And the only thing that was strange about the whole experience was that the spring had just activated when they got there. It looked like a bit of a natural spring. The water was flowing out of a rock wall in between, you know, two two cracks in a rock and draining to, to what looked like a granite basin. And after the guy stopped and started drinking, which again, I'm like, do they need, I guess they can need water or maybe they, but, but it, it ran for just a little while and then it stopped running. And James kind of looked at it and R.W. banged it, but it was just a rock wall with a crack in it. And then the, the, they sat there. They didn't really talk much. It was it was a little bit of a hotter part of the day. Uh, now, not Florida hot, probably 65, 70, maybe we're 75, 80 degrees. And then James kind of made a shrugging and then said, come on. And then they headed all the way. So I didn't want to take in a two-hour, well, with the drinking water. And so a little bit of dilly-dallying, uh, shoot time, you know, with stuff to say, Jesus, not even scooter space. You, you don't need to hear about the times they stopped to tie their shoes. Uh, though, would you believe that even though they're best friends, they both use two different shoe tying methods? And I don't know about you. I mean, me, I'm just a narrator. I don't tie my shoes. But, you know, other stories I've narrated, you know, usually the characters just tie their shoes all the same way, the same way as the author. Uh, but in this case, you know, it, it, they tie their shoes two different ways because because why why not? And actually, one way is so unfamiliar. The one uh, James uses the uh, two uh, rabbit ear method, where you 
I don't know how to do that one, even though I'm the narrator. I could narrate it for you, but only, you know, if someone had written it, you know, with actual proper instructions. But the two bunny ear technique. And then the other one I'm familiar with from stories past is like the round the block, you know, one loop. You go round and through, I think. Again, I don't have, you know, I just, you know, I just narrate. But uh, R.W. seemed to do something where he would say, I thought he was doing the, but he would go, scooby doo scoo I'm tying my shoe, uh, which I guess is interesting, and they left. Uh, so I, good thing I didn't leave that out as the narrator. But then they got back to the wall, and that's where we'll pick up. Okay, uh, hey, wall guy, we got our water. Don't I sound refreshed? Oh, yes, gentlemen, hello again. I'm good to see you refreshed. Glad you found your way to the water. What is it we could help you with? Well, hey, we, 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 didn't, we didn't get any food while we were out on that journey. And we love to come in where we, you know, we've we've been reading about this world where people used to break bread together. And we've seen a lot out here, you know, when you seem to have these walls yeah, to keep people out, totally understand that. But we'd love to just meet you, you know, meet you, you know, we'll even meet whoever's in charge or, you know, whoever the keepers of the wall are. If you, you know, if you have any sort of system to, you know. But we're happy to meet you, shake your hand, or whatever it is you do here. We're totally down to respect you. But we just love to come in and, you know, have something to eat and break bread. Oh, well, gentlemen, we, we there is food not far from there. If you go back the way you came towards the mountain, and as you start your first climb, uh, right after the first rise, where you would go right to head back up the mountain and where you came from, if you head left, you'll find a little valley that the path heads down to. And that valley also has some nice, uh, uh, well-watered grass there, and you could you could make camp there for the night. But if you go now before the sun sets, you'll find just beyond the far end of the valley. And the valley is longer than it is wide, so you'll, you'll be very easy to tell what the far end is. Remember, gentlemen, I didn't say the far side, I said the far end. You'll find at the far end, if you stay to your right, a cave. And at the entrance of the cave are some bushes. And on those bushes are, are nuts that are very high in protein. And they're very tasty, meat, nearly meaty nuts. And if you take those nuts off the tree, you know, just enough for you to eat. Usually 20 nuts would fill a normal man. You, sir... Maybe 25. Uh, you mean me or James. And if you head back into the valley, you could eat the nuts and have some rest. And it's about a two-hour journey there. So go ahead, gentlemen. Go get something to eat. We we don't want to see you starve. Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, Jane. I guess we got to go eat these nuts. Let's go. Oh, Joe Ritchie, they, 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 we really missed out. Remember when you were reading all those articles about how nuts were a superfood? And you remember before, this was before Jeff, you said, uh, nuts make me nuts. And then I would make all jokes about it, and you didn't like that either. You said, James, James uh, okay, uh, please don't do any imitations of me. Uh, what do you think is going on? Let's, let's walk and talk. Uh, what do you think is going on here? There's something afoot. Well, I just think they're, uh, uh, we asked them for water and they gave us water. And then we asked for food and they said, well, here's some food. Uh, so the, so did we ask them to come in at all? Do you remember? Uh, good question, Richie. I don't know if we asked them directly if we could come in. No. Okay, well, maybe we should do that next. But let's go. And hey, everybody, narrator here, again, breaking the... The, the, the epic flow of this story, but the guys, they walked, they took the turn down into this valley, and it was a long, slow climb into the valley. And the, the wall wasn't kidding when it said that the valley was longer than it was wide. It must have been a few miles long. And, you know, Jif and RW probably walk at about two miles an hour on flat ground. And they go all the way to the end of the valley, and they find the, the nut trees pretty, pretty easily. To my narrative eye, a walnut-type plant, uh, they, they take off the tree. RW takes 27 walnuts, in case any of them are bad, he says. 
And it looks like James takes about 18. And then they go to this beautiful grassy spot. And I guess they didn't realize, and it starts to, the dusk starts to come, and they start to eat these nuts. And it actually takes a lot more work. Like, they even have to go off and find a couple rocks, and then they break the nuts, and then they kind of, you know, they're friends. So they say, well, geez, you're the worst nut breaker. And then, you know, it's a humor to quit breaking my nuts, you know, quit. Uh, but RW is definitely more of a smasher. And then eating the crumble, walnut crumbles, I would say, which he said, well, that's how I like them. And then James was like, well, you're wasting. There's like walnut, you know, smushed on the rock. And James is more of a tapper. Again, not a perfect technique. He seemed to be going for a perfect technique, which kind of, because then he would always break one. And I said, well, geez. And then they tried to, even they did try dropping. And they started having fun, but they were eating these nuts. And again, I'm not saying they were walnuts, but they seemed to be filling. And then the night did start to just come in, and they decided, uh, you know, it, it, it seemed to be just getting to down to like the 60s, maybe, maybe the 50s. And I didn't sign any agreements, but they did kind of snuggle up. Uh, not, well, yeah, they like kind of like two puppies. Uh, back to, well, like, uh, sp- spooning. They spooned. And presumably, it, it didn't seem awkward, so I think what they'd been through previously, uh, this was like an ad- adaptation of their friendship that they just knew, okay, it's time to go to, it's time to snuggle up for body warmth. And, I mean, let's, let's not deny it, there's probably some, uh, you know, m- you know, mammalian brain comfort, too. And their stomachs were full, and, uh, I think I'm not positive because I did step away because when they were looking, I think they even found another water source. In fact, I'm almost positive because otherwise it wouldn't make any sense, right? And so then they fell asleep and they slept through the night on and off. Well, R.W. did. James woke as the moon rose to the highest point in the night sky. And he stared out into space, kind of, I think, wondering, like, oh, boy, what did I get myself into here? Uh, but then he, he he managed to get back to sleep. I think the rhythmic snoring of R.W., he, he was able to, I think he may, I think he probably does, you know, he has a way to get used to that and, and have it soothe him. So then the next morning they got up, and they actually, smart guys, they went and got some more nuts. Uh, just five or six. They noticed the water source didn't work again. Uh, but they said, well, just eat these nuts and we'll be on our way. And then they walked all the way back. And again, because there was a little bit of an uphill on the uh, exit from the valley. And they, you know, moved about two miles an hour. You think it's two miles an hour, I'd say. Maybe it's four. I don't know. I guess I wasn't, I didn't even have a pen or pencil. I'm just narrating. But it took them a while to get back. And then they descended back down to this giant 40-foot. I think Richard Sarah, you know, if if you're, I don't know if he, Richard Sarah makes 40-foot walls, but I believe I've seen some sculptures by him. I said, well, it could, could have, maybe, but, but probably not. Uh, but then they come down back to the wall. And let's let me let's just go, let's just pull right in and, and listen to what they're saying. Uh, uh, excuse us, Wall. Uh, thank you for the, the, the that was a delicious dinner. We managed to uh, catch a wonderful night's sleep in that grass you recommended. Thank you so much, Wall. Oh, we are just here this morning, full of gratitude. Well, hello, gentlemen. I'm glad you uh, found found the. Uh, well, thank you, gentlemen. We're so glad you found those. I, I'm sure you noticed there's not much left on those plants. And with the distance there and back, you know, we don't recommend, you know, staying around and relying on those because that's the end of the season for those particular plants there. Okay. So, gentlemen, is there anything else we could do for you? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, hey, my name's uh, James. Uh, how you doing? Well, hello, James. And uh, it's just me. This is my buddy Richie. Well, hello, Richie. And you are. Well, hello, gentlemen. Is there anything we could do for you today? 
uh, well, we were just, we're trapped. You know, we're just wondering what's going on behind this wall. We're curious, uh, ask if we could come in. And we were just wondering if we could come in. Uh, well, we could come in where, gentlemen? Uh, come in behind your wall. And why would you want to do that, gentlemen? Well, because we're, uh, we're, we're, we're wandering around here and we're going to run out of water again. And we just look, we just, 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 we'd like to live behind a wall, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, we're out here and you're in there. And, you know, that, like you said, the tree, those nuts are going to be gone. And then what are we going to do? Well, okay, gentlemen, is it, we, if that's all you'll need, then. Well, we we have uh, water set out. If you return to that first thing after the three boulders, they consecutively get smaller. And you follow that trail. After that water, you probably notice it'll only give you a little supply. Uh, but after the basin dries out, if you look in the basin, there's a map to our next well of water, which will give you another another day's supply. It's about a day's journey away of water. And that'll lead you on to the next thing of water which will lead you onto the edge of the great desert where you could get enough water to cross to the other side of the desert, gentlemen. And there's enough water there. And there's also food. We have food, you know, growing and distributed along, uh, along points there to, to, to get you all the way across the great desert. Uh, so thank you, gentlemen. Uh, what, uh, so you have, an, you have enough... Well, food and water for us to get out of here and never come back. Is that what you're saying? Well, if that's all we can help you with, gentlemen, we're, we're, we'll help you with the food and the water. Uh, we want to come in there. And why would you want to come in here again, gentlemen? Uh, because we because we want to. Okay, gentlemen, if, if that'll be all. Well, hey, hey, listen, man, we just want to come in. We want to... We, 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 you're other people. We haven't seen any other people around, and 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 we love to 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 hang or you know meet meet you. You sound like you have uh, uh, James. Just forget these guys. They don't know what they're doing. They think we want to. They think I told you I'd lost all hope in humanity, and this is just proof of it, James. So let's just walk away. You know, we'll have to find our dream of connection with other people somewhere else. You know, it was a mistake to feel hope, James. Uh, Richie, what? what, what? Uh, it's a mistake, James. I think we could find a community to bring us in. Oh, yeah, I guess it was. So, yeah, I guess let's Because all we wanted was a community wall uh, to be a part of. Uh, I don't think, I mean, once I, it's not, you know, James, we don't believe it's just about meeting our needs and who knows what safety means in this world. You know, we, you and I were out here looking for more and clearly this wall just represents safety and only safety, no esteem, no actualization, and certainly no sense of community and love and belonging. So let's go. No, no, really, James, let's go. I thought you were doing the opposite, Richie. Let's go. We'll, we'll find our we'll find our needs met elsewhere. Uh, excuse me, gentlemen. Did you say you needed more than just your physical needs met? Uh, no. We, we decided what we, we, we do, but uh, it doesn't sound like that's your business. You're, you're, it doesn't sound like you sounds like you're into safety and food and water wall. Well, gentlemen, would you choose to live in a society where? your safety, your physical needs, and more could be provided if you provided that for yourself and others? Um, well, we, we, we were just going to provide it. I was going to provide it for James. That's what we're already doing. So uh, sounds like you're ahead of the game with this great wall. But I don't know. You know, you seem to be a lot of very businesslike. So, okay, Richie, let me take over. Yeah, I, I guess I got to support my friend Richie here. So we'll, we'll probably just, you know, because that's what we're concentrated on. Uh, you know, this we we're, I don't know if you had us bugged or anything when we were lying in the grass, you know, philosoph you know philosophizing, saying, huh, there's not a lot of, I don't know, we, we feel not bad in this valley here. And I'm not sure what's on the other side of that great desert, but we'll—I guess we'll find out and say, well, we'll find our, we'll carve out our safety 
and we miss other people, you know, that love and belonging. We do miss that. So I guess we would choose. I guess you're right. We would choose. But is that that kind of thing you're doing? Wall, wall. It's hard to address a wall. I don't know, especially in this hierarchy, hierarchical discussion. Ah, uh, well, gentlemen, why don't you just, well, gentlemen? It is possible, possibly. Why don't you follow the wall? And as it goes around the bend, uh, after the three rocks, you pass the three boulders, stay with the wall. And you'll see jutting out from the wall. And after you pass the three boulders, you'll see four boulders consecutively getting larger. And those will be going off in a little bit different direction. If you follow those for about a... T okay, is this some sort of uh, another puzzle? No, 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 it is not. If you follow those boulders in the path for for just about two hours, you'll reach a cave. And in, if you go into that cave, you'll find at the back of the cave a door. And inside that door is, we, 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 you know, of course we quarantine people, so we want to make sure you're healthy and things. So you'll find our little quarantine facility. So if you just go right in there, it has uh, food and water and plenty of other things for you to check out. And, and then... We can talk to you more. How's that sound? Uh, sounds fishy. Oh, no, no, we, 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 there's nothing fishy about it. Now, the only thing I must tell you is if you choose to enter a quarantine facility, we just ask that you stay in during the quarantine period. And we do have some advanced medical techniques, so it'll only be a three-day period that you'll be staying there. And then you can either... And then if you if you choose not to join us or... It doesn't seem like you're able to join us or it's safe for you to join our community. You could still follow the water and the food across the great desert. How's that sound, gentlemen? I guess it doesn't sound bad unless this is, you know, the world out there, you know, we're a little uh, slow to trust, you know. We've been hurt before. Well, we haven't seen a lot of people in a while, but you know what it's been like. So we're a little scared, you know. Is there anything you can do to make us... Yeah, oh, we're so scared. Oh, boy, we're so scared. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, gentlemen. You can leave at any time. The doors won't be locked. But if you choose to leave, you can't come back, okay? Uh, and I can assure you, no, we'll be observing you and checking you remotely. So you won't be in any danger. And if you want to leave, you can leave. But you only get to choose that one time, obviously, because we're trying to quarantine you. And we can't have you going in and out. Uh, does that does that does that make you feel any more comfortable? And you can look around and check in before you go through, check out the doors and stuff before you go in. Uh, so how's that sound? Uh, well, let's go check it out, James. Yeah, we'll we'll check it out. Thank you, Wall. We'd love to know what to call if we could call you something more. Well, gentlemen, we'll see you. We'll see you later. Thank you. Okay, oh boy, James, let's get walking. So, hey, everybody, narrator here. So the guys, they walk, they pass the three boulders descending in size. And not that too far after, but in a slightly different angle and direction are four boulders of increasing size. And you'd say to yourself, for those, but then they say, yeah, those boulders look like they were moved there. Correct. You know, because they're at an exact, and the trail picks up not far. And they follow the trail. And I think it goes, I said, is that a glen or a grove? And you see, it's not lush around this area. Uh, but it, but it's, it's, it must be getting some sort of, it seems somewhat healthy, the, the, uh, the plant life and stuff. But the guys, they go up and they go over and they go into this glen and they find the cave. And they're slow to enter the cave. And it's like the, the late midday. And before the, even in the entrance of the cave is this couple, a uh, couple containers of water and some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's lembus, but it's something like that. Some sort of bread ration. Maybe stuff from Star Wars. Uh, for some, no, probably this seemed harder, more like a they call it dry tack or something. Uh, not terribly, but but they, the guys eat it and they sit at the table and they see the door and there's a steel door 
uh, with a handle and actually with a window and a square window. And they look through it and they see inside it's kind of like, uh, doesn't look too bad. It kind of looks like the uh, main room in a daycare. Uh, but for adults, there's a couple tables. One of the tables that has a board game on it. Uh, up against the wall are a couple cots, and there's a kitchen. And, and uh, on the far wall, there seems to be some sort of, you know, two-way mirror-type setup. And some, it looks like some access points, possibly. So the guys check it out, and they look around the cave. They don't find anything else. And they look at each other, and they say, and then, let's just listen for a few seconds. Buddy, what do you think? What should we go? You think we... Well, we got no choice, really. So we might. Uh, there's no reason. I, I think it's fine anyway. Right, let's come on in, Richie. And then uh, it's a beautiful door. Did, did you guys ever sell doors at Sears? We thought about it, but uh, I don't know, James. It's it's all. That's a whole other Richard Warren Sears at this point, you know. But really, is it different different than you? Well, I mean, you know, I, I just don't remember if I sold what my opinion on doors was. But this is a nice one, buddy. Let's go in. Wow, it's just a, if uh, air smells fresh in here, I was expecting it to be stagnant. And look at this. Uh, some nice tables. And uh, they, they left us this game. So what's this called? Settlers of Catan. Maybe we could play this game later. And should we, should we, get, we just ate, so... Yeah, I'm going to go through the fridge anyway. And I'll get the bed with the red sheets. You could have the bread bed with the blue sheets, all right? That's fine, Richie. So, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's get comfortable, I guess. Uh, yeah, and then I'll beat you in this katana. What did they say? Cat and, cat and mouse? What did you say? Sat, satellite cat and mouse. I'm going to eat you for breakfast, James. And so that's what the guys do. They start to get comfortable. And I think this is as good a time as any to leave them to it. So next up, talk about could be a game of Settlers Catan in a quarantine. Wow. Whoa, boy. All right. Well, that's, you know, thanks for stopping by. I'll talk to you later. Good night. I want to say thank you and good night to Laura. Uh, Rachel, thank you and good night. Uh, Sarah, thank you and good night. Teresa, who was about to try the podcast, hopefully you did. Thank you and good night. Becky, thank you and good night. Tommy, thank you and good night. Uh, Patrick, thank you and good night. Uh, Sophia, thank you and good night. Uh, Michael H., thank you and good night. Mary Beth, thank you and good night. Good night to Babs, thank you. Uh, Meg, thank you and good night. Catherine, thank you and good night. Melissa, thank you and good night. Ben, thank you and good night. Uh, Rachel, thank you and good night. Uh, Vanessa, thank you and good night. Uh, Andy, thank you and good night. Thank you also for that article, Andy. Uh, Agnes, thank you and good night. Stuart, thank you and good night. John R., thank you and good night. Uh, Paul Lind, Paul Lind on a shirt, thank you and good night. Uh, Mick Saddington, thank you and good night. Uh, Gail, if you need a falafel, check out Gail's truck. Leave a falafel if you're in the East Bay. That's Gail. And leave a falafel.com. Uh, Kay Roberts, thank you and good night. Who's proud of Zane? Who wrote a song called Pillow Talks? So maybe me and, me and Zane should get together. Jill R., thank you and good night. Lori S., thank you and good night. The One You Feed podcast, thank you and good night. Adriana B., thank you and good night. Uh, Joe P., thank you and good night. Thanks for telling me about Jen R. Uh, fine, oh, no, that's a fake one. Uh, Hillary, thank you and good night. Uh, Carrie with a K., thank you and good night. Andrew G., thank you and good night. Uh, Tyler R., thank you and good night. Eli, thank you and good night. Old Hodap, the Crypt Keeper. Uh, Billy, good old Billy, thank you and good night. 
uh, Jimmy X uh, and Ty Fi, thank you. Good night to both of you. Susie K, thank you and good night. Kathy, thank you and good night. Just read the part with uh, uh, Jim's father talking to him. Jim, uh, Jim, who was the father, you know, you know that part. It's very. I like the way the. I liked really liked the way that was written, Jim. Uh, son of Kathy, I'll get that. Uh, Andy V, thank you and good night. Uh, Brian H, thank you and good night. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but you tweeted about it, so I was just checking. Uh, Katie C, thank you and good night. Will L, thank you and good night. Not Owen Will, Will Wilson, but you know that now. Uh, Mark Mack, thank you and good night. Kimberly B. Thank you and good night, Jonathan M. Thank you and good night, Lady J. Thank you and good night, Molly P. Thank you and good night, uh, Aaliyah. Thank you and good night, Jack from Facebook. Uh, thank you, Jack, and good night, Sally B. Thank you and good night, Aaron W. Thank you for uh, getting that bartender on board with Goonsicol. And good night, Kelly S. Thank you and good night. Sarah A, thank you and good night. Brian C, thank you and good night. Uh, Anya, thank you and good night. Allie, thank you and good night. Laura, thank you and good night. Uh, Vesna, thank you and good night. Allie, thank you and good night. All right, I want to thank emails. I want to thank LB. Megan, thank you and good night. Gary, uh, thank you and good night. Raquel and Josie, thank you and good night. Uh, Caroline, thank you and good night. Uh, Roxanne, uh, thank you and good night over at, uh, over at CRN Radio. Karen, thank you and good night. Jonathan, thank you and good night. Anna, thank you and good night. Ben, thank you and good night. Simone, thank you and good night. Beck, thank you and good night. Uh, Shay, thank you and good night. Alexandra, thank you and good night. Uh, Danny, thank you and good night. Jessica, thank you and good night. Uh, ben and Young, thank you and good night. The Summer, thank you and good night. Amanda, thank you and good night. And that's it. Thank you and good night. <laughs>